0: in the world, The Language Podcast. I am speaking today with Kia London. Kia is a passionate and committed educator, presenter, blogger, and Chicago Chapter Executive Council member of the American Association of Teachers of Spanish and Portuguese. With 14 years of experience, she has taught K-12 through in the public and private sectors. She has a master's degree in linguistics. Kia currently teaches Spanish at the middle school level in the northwestern suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. You can find her on Twitter at Maestra London. Welcome to the show, Kia.
1: What's going on, Judea? How are you?
0: I'm fantastic. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be on this podcast. Of
1: course. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Fantastic. So, it's February black history month yes everywhere we look there's resources and materials out there some good and as you know some not so good right so um just want to talk with you a little bit today about that how we can extend talking about black history month in our curriculum all year long um some of the things that you do in your classroom um just have a conversation How's that sound?
1: It sounds good. Let's do it.
0: Fantastic. So, you know, um, many people seem to want to only teach this topic uh, during one month of the year, during Black History Month. Um, For you, Kia, why is it important to celebrate Afro-Latinx and Black History all year in our curriculum and classrooms instead of just this month?
1: Um. I would say for me, it's important to make sure that it is built into your curriculum consistently um, either on a daily and or weekly basis throughout the year because it provides an equitable experience um, for our students. So then they get to see the various um, multifaceted um, aspects of um, the amount of diverse Spanish-speaking cultures that we have. Um, And we want to make sure that what the students are seeing in the classroom with what we're teaching and leading with culture, um, that at least we're making that effort to provide an accurate depiction of what they see in the world. Um, Because with with Afro-Latin culture, um, people need to understand that it is, it, it, it's history. It's, it's part of um, the Spanish-speaking community, um, if we go all the way back to the African diaspora. So it's important for students to have that experience, to be familiar with different faces um, and different aspects of um, the culture.
0: That, so when you take it back that far, um, it's obvious that it would extend well beyond February. Yes. Am I not correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well yeah. beyond February. Yeah. Yeah. The important thing is to, to be consistent. And when we treat the awareness and or celebration of Black history and or um, you know, Afro, Afro-Latin culture as kind of like a side dish of just like, hey, I'm just going to highlight this for February, but then the rest of the year I'm going to go on with everything else. What is that saying? Um, I know for me, it communicates that, oh, well, this is only important for this month, and I know as a woman of color, that doesn't necessarily you know make me feel like I'm being represented um, accurately in the correct light, and um, I think about my students in that way. I teach um, a diverse amount of students um, that come from different backgrounds um and so I'm very, very well aware of that because I want to make sure that they have that experience of seeing different people, um, learning about different experiences um, within the Black culture, within the Afro-Latin culture.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that notion of, of teaching it as a side dish. Um, I, find that, I find that all too often f- frequent in, in a lot of classrooms where... If they're touched on at all, if these if these histories and, and and cultures are touched on at all, it's it's during one month, or even if it's not during the month of, of February, it's just uh, briefly, right, um, right. So that I love that notion of a side dish, and and what is that saying um, to your students? That reminds me. Um, uh, I was reading uh, the piece that you wrote on Martina Bex's blog that was titled. Um, what was it Representation mm-hmm. Matters? And uh, I noticed that you mentioned that the majority of your education in Spanish was by white educators and that you didn't hear about Afro-Latinx culture until you were an undergrad in college. Um, yeah, that's kind of the whole reason why I'm doing this little short um, uh, series of podcasts. Um, it's to you know break through that idea of just teaching this as a side dish, right? Right. Um, so – speak speak a little bit about that. Like what, you know, how was that your experience and how that's reflected in, in what you teach to your, your students?
1: Um, you know, I think, and I, I want to go back to the, the side dish, I guess what I just said. Um, I love it. Um, Yeah. That's the best way I did. That's the best comparison I can come up with right now. Um, You know, we make time for what we want to prioritize. And so, It really is. It it takes a mind shift where, you know, this has to become a priority, because if we're talking about leading with culture and the African diaspora is part of um, the Spanish speaking culture, then we need to make sure that we are prioritizing that aspect and leading um, with culture as we're um, providing a communicative environment for our kids to flourish in when it comes to acquiring a language. Um, and you know, that's really, really important.
0: It is. It's super important. Leading, leading with culture. Um, so what, what like kind of things, uh, can you, since this is a, a podcast where mostly teachers are listening to what are, what are some of the things that, um, teachers can do can take into their classrooms after listening to this podcast that you'd like to that you'd like to share with them um sort of resources um those types of things that you use to to lead with culture and and to give your students um access to these cultures
1: yeah um i would say especially if you know depending on where teachers are at in their journey of incorporating this aspect of culture into their classroom. Um, I always tell um, teachers to start with pictures, um, visuals. Um, and I know for me, that's exactly um, you know what I did. And this was probably about 14 years ago, maybe 13, 12 years ago, when I was teaching. Um, I was teaching at a high school and I remember that I was having such a I was having a hard time um engaging with my students and at the time my students were uh predominantly African American um or of African descent in terms of um the population and so the traditional quote unquote approach that I was taught with you know the textbook and we you know, do everything, write it on the board, and then they do the activity. It just wasn't reaching them. I remember I had a conversation with my assistant principal at the time, and she said, why don't you talk to them about the African diaspora? And I remember that it was then that I was reminded of that course that I took in undergrad. And um, from there, I did, you know, some research and Um, I started, you know, doing some research at home of just, you know, different people just by, you know, looking it up online or whatnot and asking, um, you know, former colleagues that I used to work with. Um, and so what we did at the time, we did like a, um, a person of the month. And so, um, I remember our first person of the month was Soledad O'Brien, who is a news journalist. Um, she's, um, Afro-Cuban. And so I remember that was the very first person. So we would, you know, we would talk about who she was and the impact that she had. Um, And I even showed the documentary um, Being Black in Latin America at the time. Um, And it was really helpful and it connected a lot of our content um, at the time, especially for, um, you know, for those students because they didn't see themselves in the curriculum. You know, to them, it was just, you know, like, well, I don't know how to speak Mexican. And I'm like, OK, wait, let's uh, time out. Let's just, you know, I so, don't know
0: to speak
1: Mexican. Right, you know,
0: so I love that. I think the best one I've got was um, do you speak Spanish or do you speak Mexican? Like, OK, um, right. Right. Um, um can you have a seat?
1: Exactly. Right. Like we need to have a conversation. Right. Like we gonna, have a conversation. So, you know
0: conversation in right. love. I'm, I'm gonna tell you all this in love. Right. We're gonna move we're gonna move forward. Right. Now continue with that thought.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, you know, of course, like I had to backpedal that and just kind of clarify and set some things straight. But, you know, that was really what hooked them um into the language was just visuals and pictures. And I know that's something that I even still do now. Um at the middle school level, like we'll do a picture talk, um, you know, depending on the day, you know, of the week, per se. I know last, I want to say maybe a, a few months ago, we did a reading. We do a lot of reading in TPRS in my classroom, so we did a short reading about um, Vanessa Mendoza, um, and I know AC Quintero. Um, she has um, a biography of her on TPT as well, and so I ended up using that um and i remember talking to the students and kind of giving them a background of who you know Vanessa Mendoza was and i can see a couple eyes like popping open like oh really like it's true like you can be you know you can still come from the spanish speaking culture and be black you know so um you know so it's important um to make sure that you know we're generating those types of discussions but visuals is is the best way I would say, like if you're entering in and if you wanna, you know, start the journey, um, is the best way to go to start Isn't with photos. Fascinating.
0: Isn't it fascinating that that um you could have uh students look at uh an Afro Latinx person and say, I didn't know black people could speak Spanish. Like I've heard that so many times yeah. and I'm always taken back, but I don't judge the person for not knowing that. I just—it's an opportunity, right? That's why. The yeah, you're right. Is, that's why I'm talking about it. It's an opportunity yeah. to show them why, of course, right? And its it's basically highlights that the importance of doing this work is when someone says that to you, is they have not been exposed, right? Um, and I think it's our job as educators to expose them. So, thus, the podcast I tried to do that in this little short series. Um, talk to teachers that are doing this work in their, in their classroom. So are you, are you, do you, have you heard that in your, what is it? 14, 15 years of teaching?
1: Yes, I have. Um, I know when I've talked to colleagues or either just, you know, meeting people and when I tell them, um, yeah, I speak Spanish. It's you do. It's like, yes, I do.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> Now, I would you like – this just happened to me yesterday. We were in my heritage Spanish class. We were, we were talking about identity. Mm-hmm. Right? We would talking about stereotypes and generalizations and things like that, and they were trying to write a poem. And I have a Latina, blonde hair, blue eyes, speaks fluent Spanish. And one of the things that she gets is a lot of people think she doesn't speak Spanish, They that she's just – a white girl. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So on the opposite end of that spectrum. Right. So it was just interesting that yesterday she was writing her poem, her poem, highlighting those sort of things that people perceive her and stereotype her as.
1: Wow. So, yeah. yeah. And you know what? And that's the importance of, you know, really providing the students with an opportunity, you know, again, to see the, you know, the different faces. Um, right. So you do that through
0: photos, through pictures. Do you do, do you do picture talks? We
1: do. Um, We do picture talks. Yeah, we do picture talks. Sometimes they're scaffolded. Sometimes they're not. Um, when I don't have them scaffold, I just kind of want to listen and just, you know, kind of see, you know, where the students are going to go with it and how they're going to start. But really we do a lot of picture talks. Um, and then we'll, you know, circle back up, and have a large discussion about it. And if, you know, there's certain questions that come up, um, which are great because then, you know, if there's certain questions that do come up and, you know, maybe it's a question that supports a stereotype that we're trying to break, you know, it gives me an opportunity to, you know, clarify some things, you know, as well. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah.
0: So you use photos uh what what sort of other things that have you used over the years um, um music or videos or
1: music you know. yes definitely um believe it or not and i don't know if a lot of people know this um i i was a professional dancer for a very long time and um i used to dance um in an afro latin dance troupe and so um a lot of the music that I do use um comes from my experiences there with um you know my different former colleagues that were musicians and singers um from um various spanish speaking countries. and so I know talk
0: about personalizing <laughs> That's amazing. yeah, I didn't know that that's yeah, yeah, so you bring in you you can bring a life story into that also.
1: hmm yeah, you can definitely do that. I know for one was, I think we, we did one lesson where we did like a comparison and a contrasting theme between um, Despacito. Now, let me preface I played the <laughs> instrumental version. We did not do the lyrics, we did the instrumental version. Okay. And then I played a sample of um, the bomba. Okay, so the bomba de Puerto Rico. So I really wanted the students to get a glimpse of just how you can have two different styles of music that come from the same country. So of course right. you have the Suasito, which is, you know, the reggaeton, you know, beat, you know, uh-huh. and then with, um, the bomba, you've got, you know, kind of like a mini choir setup. You have your, your drummers and then you have your dancers, um, that move, um, that lead so that the drum can, um, you know, follow them with the beat. So, um, it was really interesting. There's actually a video on YouTube um Sesame Street, I want to say, very very old one, but it's still there where it showcases um the bomba, the bomba de Puerto Rico. So, yeah.
0: The bomba on on Sesame Street. Bomba. Bomba. Yeah. The bomba yeah. on Sesame Street, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That's interesting because uh you, you spoke about um playing the instrumental version and then comparing it So students can understand the origins of reggaeton Mm -hmm. because reggaeton is super popular, and you want to talk about bringing um, popular culture in your classroom. Um, They can understand the roots of reggaeton and its African connections and and ancestry.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: especially with the conga drums and the rhythms. Right, it's just so fascinating. Like that's so when you think about um, the surface culture. You know those things on the surface mm-hmm. um, that most teachers tend to talk about. I've mentioned this on some of the other episodes, where you know it's the food, the clothing, and then we move on. Like they wear this and they eat that. Bam, culture check mark. Mm. Next, um, I I say that like, and when I say that, I think I, most teachers don't do that anymore. But unfortunately, I've encountered in. In my time as an educator, I've encountered that way too many times. So when you think about moving beyond the surface, that iceberg concept of culture, yeah, um, to the deeper things, um, what are what are like some of the ways like we could approach? We could approach um, moving past the the surface level stuff. If if a teacher is getting into this and they just want to like highlight something and then like move on. I think, would you say, what was it earlier? Um, uh, the side dish, right? Mm-hmm. So how can we, how can, what are some of the things you could tell teachers to move a little bit deeper into it? Like, what are the things you've done and said?
1: Um, you know, I, when you talk about the, the checklist of, you know, the culture, you know, that we quote unquote, you know, might have to cover, you know, house check, clothing check, food check. Um, you know, I completely. <laughs> I mean, I completely understand that, and um, it's.
0: I feel horrible. I've I've and... not done any of that. Like I, I, and I speak from a place of privilege mm-hmm. uh, in that I've had absolute control of my curriculum.
1: That's wonderful. More
0: or less, more or less. I don't want to say hundred percent control, but pretty close um and i hold myself to a high standard but Mm -hmm. um and i do talk about food i do talk about clothing i talk about but everything is in context yeah yeah i agree with you context
1: yeah and you know and i think that that's a great place to start um with everything being in context and then you know of course if i see that whatever you know theme we're on you know depending that you know, there's a huge student interest with a particular aspect of that theme and they want to discuss it and talk about it. You know, we talk about it. Right. Um, you know, I know that just with being where I'm at right now, um, it's, there's certain guidelines, you know, that I have to follow as far as like meeting certain vocabulary, making sure that I'm covering certain vocabulary, but right. you, there's a way that you could do it. I, I don't know if I want to use this word like stealth mode. <laughs> you know, stealth mode. the stealth mode where you can still cover everything that you need to cover um and you can go deeper. It might necessarily not be, you know, all in one for that week or maybe, you know, that particular day, but you uh-huh. could break it down. You know, you can definitely break it down um into parts and I know that's something that we did with um the Super Bowl performance. Um the the students were talking about that and so for um Wednesday this was a a few weeks ago but um who was who did I use first I'm trying to think oh it was um Shakira so um you know she was our person and so they did a little picture talk about that with some scaffolded questions I had that up and um, and I knew the students were, were interested in it because they were talking about it. And the whole big thing was about the dances that she did. And so, um, you know, even there, you know, that was an opportunity discussion. We had to, to break down, um, you know, some stereotypes because what some of them thought when they saw um, at least the dance that she was doing with the rope, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, that was just gross. It's like, well, no, that was cultural. That's part of her culture you know, and, um, it, you know, and that was eye opening, you know, for them. And so it was just, you know, for a lot of them, it was just like, oh, well, we didn't know that. I said, well, yeah, well, that's right. Right. You know, we're talking about it. So, you know, there's a way to go about it. Um, you know, discussing it, um, you know, going deeper than.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even when those (laughs) within those confines, like sometimes I, and I apologize quite a bit because I, I do have like a, a lot of freedom with my curriculum
1: don't apologize um, i
0: know i'm saying like, like i sometimes don't think i always ask questions and i penetrate and i think like oh because these things are important to me and i do and i can talk deeply about them and i can spend as much time as i want to on them um because i don't have these mandates that i need to that, you know i need to follow so i think it's you, you said something really important that a lot of teachers probably listen in this podcast are in very similar situations as you. I, w- I would suspect that not many people are in a situation such as mine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I get to do what I do because I've been observed a ton. Mm-hmm. And I've proven myself, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. My test results show my students perform, right? So that's that's the ultimate goal. But I do I do have quite a bit of freedom. So I think that's important within those confines. You can still yeah. like, take those doses of culture and incorporate them all year long beyond February, right? Yes. You can, can just kinda a little nugget here, a little nugget there. Um, and bring out those important elements within each one of those. That's that's important. Thanks for bringing me back down to earth, Kia.
1: <laughs> you were never living in my from little earth. bubble sometimes. No, I I'm get a... it. You know, once upon a time, I mean, I I used to have so much control, you know, over my curriculum, you know. So
0: there's moments get teachers.
1: I get a bunch of freedom <laughs> you know, and there's moments, I mean, just real talk, there's moments where I miss, I, I really do miss that because there's so many, there's so many different things going on. And, um, you know, even when I'm, you know, hanging out on Twitter and collaborating and talking to different educators and just seeing, you know, what everybody's doing, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is great. And even though I might not necessarily be able to do, you know, every little thing, as you said, like I try to pull like a nugget of just like, well, maybe here when we talk about this, you know, I can bring this up and then we could, you know, discuss this. But, um, you know, but it's very, it's very important. You know, you just want to have a starting point, you know, at least, you know, start somewhere, you know, take a step. And even if it means that, okay, you, you know, you took a nugget. Um, So for example, we talked about Shakira um, for the Super Bowl. And so, you know, we took that nugget, we discussed that, we discussed stereotypes, even if you don't necessarily, if you're not necessarily able to come back to it, you know, throw it in a gim kit, you know, and ask, you know, have the students, you know, answer questions, you know, about her and about, you know, different things, you know, that's, you know another way that you can kind of get around that. You know, for those of us that use Gimkit, so I apologize. I don't want to assume everybody uses Gimkit. So uh. well, if
0: you don't use Gimkit, you better get on it. <laughs> I use Gimkit. My kids love Gimkit. Yeah,
1: they. Yeah. I
0: use it sparsely, but um they love it when we play it. Yeah. I think I played it this week, as a matter of fact, but I have not used uh, used it for. Um, any any comprehension type questions for Afro Latinx? Mm, uh, sometimes I'll I'll do it to front load some vocabulary from mm-hmm. That's uh, a good story idea. or something like that. Um, we'll talk about it. The vocabulary first because I'm old school. I love to just talk about vocabulary and write words on the board and then and then go from there. But I did it. I did do it. Um, I didn't do game kit with this, but I um, talking about Afro Latinx culture. I talked about Afro Colombianos and the. Uh, oh Polonque. yes. And mm-hmm. uh, the other day I posted a video on Twitter about it. Um, so if you listen to this podcast five years down the road, that was a post five years ago. Anyway, <laughs> um, it was a very – it, um, it was in Palinque, Colombia, and it's such an interesting culture. And yes. I took a lot of vocabulary. I showed a video. I took a lot of the vocabulary out of that video. And I wrote some of it on the board, and then we talked about it in context, and I tried to circle some of it in the old school um, uh, pq a things, and uh, then we watched the video. So I did do that. I didn't incorporate Gimkit, but
1: mm-hmm. um, nice.
0: so that's sort of some of the things. But I wanted to circle um, back around and uh, get you to tell a little bit more about some of those things that you do. I think you mentioned you did like um, – some music and you brought in your personal life, uh, experience from dancing. And then you, you used, um, what was it? The pictures and the music. Um, is -hmm. there any sort of anything else, um, movies that you, that, that have stood out to you over the years that are important, um, stories, (gasps) biographies, um, any, any of those things that, that perhaps you haven't mentioned yet.
1: I would say, I mean, I know I mentioned Vanessa Mendoza. Um, the short biography on her. Um, I'm trying to think if there's been.
0: Do you do? Do you do any? Oh, like, this is classic. This is surface. No, go ahead. Go with the. Oh, we
1: did do, and I'm actually gonna present on this on Saturday, so I'll try not to give too okay. much of it away. Um, I took a. Would well, I modified a TPRS story. Um, from a text. And, um, and I changed the setting to um, Guinea Equatorial, uh, which we know is that Spanish speaking country in Africa. And Mm -hmm. so um, I changed the name of the character so that the character um, had a a common name based on their culture, Um, you know, something that was believable. And so um, that was one thing that I did, because sometimes I find that you know, with certain texts that you're presented with, or either that you quote unquote, you know, have to use, um, you know, it can be a little biased where it's like, okay, let's talk about Spain. We're going to talk about Argentina and we're going to talk about Mexico. And I'm like, well, that's wonderful, but there are other countries. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm <It's> not. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, so um, I decided to change the setting of that story um, um, to Guinea um, Equatorial, and so we briefly, you know, reviewed and you know talked about where it was located. So at least, you know, the students had a picture. And like, oh yeah, 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 it's the you know Spanish-speaking country in Africa, and um,
0: that, that was ripe for conversation alone. Like, if you yeah. if you could. Spend a little more time on it, like I certainly could in my free class. That I could do what I want. No, but speaking about Guinea Equatorial, you can you can talk about why is it the only? Mm, yeah, on in Africa, that's a good one. Right? Yeah, why? Why? That's is it, is it a legacy of colonialism? What, right. what is, what's going on there? So it, you know you could dive into that, and that's definitely getting getting below some of the surf surface. That's awesome stuff, right? Yes. But I love that story idea and, re, re, you know, setting the location. Yes. That's interesting. Yes. yeah. Well, that's fascinating, Kia. You've shared a lot of great ideas um, today. So what is your TPT store? I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, yeah okay well i don't one, right? want to give it away but yes i i am working on a few things um
0: what is it to Are you fulfill you the healing here i'm
1: not revealing podcast? i'm just saying that... i'm working on a few things um okay. to make sure that we have um enough equitable resources Quality resources for yes for the <laughs> afro Latin culture <laughs> yes and that's all i'm gonna say yes
0: that's, you've said enough. <laughs> Podcast is over. See you later. You're listening to What in the World Language Podcast. No. Thank you, Kia, for uh, sharing all those beautiful ideas. I think the takeaway for this is don't make it a side dish. Yeah. Don't make it a side dish. Thanks for being on the show, Kia.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: And you're listening to What in the World Language Podcast.